Doc, um, I don't ever recall my pediatrician telling me when I should start taking my son to see the dentist. Can you take us right back to the beginning and tell us what is the right age to start? Right. Um, yes, with, with regards to dental checkups, actually, the earlier the better. Um, we recommend that a baby has their teeth, uh, not really their teeth, but really has an oral uh, check when they are about uh, between six months to a year old. It should be around the time when they get their first tooth. Right. You know? and, and of course, you might think, um, you know, what is there in the mouth of a you know, six months six or eight months. Yeah, yeah. yeah, what's what's there, right? But it's it's really not about what is there. It's really about what's going to be coming in there. So we want to make sure that parents are aware on um, how to look after the teeth when they come out. So it's more of preventive um, advice and, you know, anticipatory guidance at that age. Because when you see your dentist uh, at that time, when they are about a year old, um, the dentist would go into the diet and what, the weaning diet and how their uh, oral hygiene habits are, how the parents are looking after the teeth. And um, some guidance can be given well before uh, the, the problems come. So that's why we, we, we actually recommend uh, within the first year of life. Yeah? And I, I suppose a good uh, milestone is the first birthday, is to think, ha, my baby's first birthday is coming up mm-hmm. it's time to visit the dentist so so that will be that will be a good milestone to help parents remember um, when to when to start seeing the dentist that's yeah. some birthday present man. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> that's actually this is so incredible because you know you, you think okay well teeth just erupt and come when they come it's not something you need to check up on and I'm blown away because you know my sister's being diligent about this but I never yeah. knew about it um the advice that the, the dentist gives you, you know, you were mentioning about weaning and stuff like that. Why is that important? That's very important because um, culturally, I, I believe um, we sometimes tend to uh, give our children or introduce sweet snacks to our children mm. at a very, very, very early age. Like, you know, we enjoy our chocolates and ice cream. Mm. And when we have our 12, say a 12 month old baby around and we're having an ice cream after, say, lunch, you know, you're bound to kind of, you know, a little spoon for the little one. You know? yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that kind of gets the sweet tooth going uh, quite early on and um, we normally advise I mean even the pediatricians and and the medical doctors do say try to keep the the uh, what we call as added sugars the foods which have got added sugars uh, to a minimum or better zero salt and sugar to a zero when they are under two Right. It's not to introduce it too young. Uh, so they don't get a flavor for it, one thing. And the second thing is that's the time when the teeth are actually coming through as well. We don't want it to be exposed to uh, high sugar content at such a such an early stage. Right, so right from the get-go, no no sugar, okay. Yeah, no added sugar. I'm, yep, I'm yep. talking about sugars which are added into the Sweet foods, like okay. when we're talking about snacks and, mm. and things. I mean, fruits and vegetables, so, you know. Yeah, enjoy your fruits yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. sweet and enjoy them as much as you can because mm. they're wholesome uh, we don't want the empty calories basically right yeah. okay so going back to sort of my not visiting a dentist with my son yeah. you know mm-hmm. in time was due to mm-hmm. absolute ignorance okay yeah. in your experience besides ignorance are there any other reasons um, why parents delay taking their kids to the dentist 
Well, um, I mean, as you said, the most common thing is most parents don't know. When they do show up, they say, you know what, I didn't know I should have come sooner. Uh, that's the most common thing. Um, apart from that, um, sometimes it might just be, you know, parents are very busy working and, you know, children going to daycare, school. Some of them are already in, in daycare and Tasca at a very young age. So all these things uh, come into play and, and they don't, they don't, I think it's mostly awareness that, that results in parents not bringing their children to see the dentist. What about fear? We need to fear? increase the awareness. Sorry? What about fear, the parents' <laughs> yeah. fear of dentists? Yeah, yes, that is there too. <laughs> the parents' fear, actually that's an interesting thing that you brought up. Um, parents' fear of uh, dentists is what is actually um, one of the common reasons why children fear dentists because they tend to reflect Mm. Uh, parental anxiety they can sense uh, you know mummy's a bit worried about today uh, so they in a in a more subconscious way they also play up uh, because they can sense mummy or even daddy's anxiety uh, before a dental trip uh, this is especially so for the very young ones mm. uh, they can sense parental anxiety so they may not have any problems but they could become very uh, agitated at the dental office uh, at that time mm -hmm. because of this, yeah. And of course, that compounds it by saying, okay, that was such a stressful experience because they were already feeling stressed that that's what they remember. And so that's how it carries on. Is that yes, how it uh, that, yeah. that is it is so true, uh, which is why usually when they do come to see, uh, see to do come to the clinic, uh, we try to break that cycle, uh, you know, to say that in the child is all right. You know, sometimes I tend to speak to the mother or the father first before actually getting the child into this into the room. Uh, because because I want to kind of address parental fear first right. to say, you know, look, we're just going to look into the mouth and maybe you can help by telling your child that, you know, we're just going to have a look into the mouth, maybe brush your teeth, uh, that kind of a thing to the child. And um, yeah, addressing parental anxiety is just as important as, as, as the child themselves. Mm. I love it. It's yeah. like, no, no, your kid is fine. It's you that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it always, right? <laughs> oh, dear. Um, just as an aside question, Doc, before I move on, but are you afraid of having your teeth done? Are you scared oh, that, of going to the dentist? Oh, that's a personal question. Huh? <laughs> uh, but, but, but I'll be honest here. I, I'm not afraid of dental checkups. I'm fine with that. Um, but I do know from my own personal experience that having the drill is really not very comfortable. So I completely understand how patients feel, and um, yeah, and I and I suppose uh, that means you know we make we make extra effort to make the patient feel comfortable. Oh, that's um, true. Yeah. But the thing is, I find that uh, people respond differently. Uh, some people, are, some are able to tolerate uh, a little more than others. So I guess we, are, our bodies are all different. Yeah, so because honestly, when the drill happens, right, or when whenever an extraction happens, let's say for I had one recently, right, um, it's not painful. It's just a no. weird experience. Yes, it's know? a weird experience, and it and and the oral cavity being so close to your ears, you know, any any sounds, <laughs> anything, you, it just goes bang in the head yeah. for you. So, uh, it can become very very uh, threatening, yeah. and especially so for very young children. So normally we do try to prepare the child to say, you know, you might hear some sounds. We do try to prepare them to make mm -hmm. sure yeah. that they are they are anticipating it and they don't get into a. A shock, uh, and then you start getting the fear coming in. Yeah, yeah. But remember, 
dental rhymes with gentle, so it should be fine. <laughs> <Yes. right? laughs> okay, I like that. <laughs> so, so let's get into some of the nitty gritty then. Um, in in the cavities, let's dig into the cavities of this. <laughs> what are the main things the dentist is looking out for in young children? All right, let's start with the very young. Yeah, the children where you know you might think there's nothing in the mouth. Why am I seeing the dentist? Mm. Um, let's start with with that scenario. Um, most importantly, we we want the the child and the parent to be on a path of preventing any oral health problems. So mostly the very early appointments, uh, early age appointments would be focusing on making sure um, that there's a, there's a good routine in oral hygiene. Yeah? Parents know how to look after the oral cavity well. And then establishing a, a good dietary habits as well to ensure that there is um, not, high sh- not a high sugar diet as well as not too frequent uh, sugar diet. I mean, let's be realistic here. We can't really say, you know, don't have any ice cream, yeah. chocolates. It's mm. not going to happen, especially when the child's older and going right. to school. Right. And so the idea is to limit the frequency, uh, maybe keep it to a, week, uh, a day or two in the week and ensuring that they brush afterwards. So that's that's how we kind of mitigate the effect of the sugars. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's for the very, very young. Uh, and then for the slightly older child, we say in the age of uh, six, seven, we want to start looking at how the teeth are developing, uh, whether they're developing in the normal pattern of growth, uh, whether there are any potential orthodontic uh, problems coming up because we then can advise parents accordingly uh, as to what uh, we can anticipate and maybe some prevention in that aspect as well uh, if needed. Uh, and and uh, of course, when we have these dental checks, we are also looking out for signs of early cavities because we can spot those early cavities. Uh, as well, um, apart from that, we also can ask, uh, when we take a history uh, with of, from the parents, we can kind of anticipate... Uh, you know, based on their habits and their behaviors, whether they are at risk for getting caries. So we have something called a caries risk assessment, which we actually can, um, you know, which helps to evaluate if this child is at high risk for dental decay, and we can advise accordingly. So those are all the reasons why, uh, you know, a dental visit would be more preventive uh, rather than going in when there's already pain, you know, try to have a regular check so we right. can mm. prevent a problem. Yeah, don't fix it. Manage it early on, then you'll be fine. Then you don't yeah, need to fix it, yeah. Right? Don't go for fixing it because when you come for fix, a lot of children, um, you know, when they already have an issue, they are aware they have a dental problem. Yeah, and they become fearful only because you know they know they have a problem. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, aside from sort of things that are are physiological, um, mm-hmm. what kind of other things? impact or would cause problems with with teeth and I'm thinking more along the lines of you know when you've got you're taking your child to the dentist uh, along these milestone markers of checkup dates as it were checkup mm-hmm. birthday dates I mm-hmm. like that as a reminder um, you know does sort of medicine affect your teeth I mean besides diet and physiological stuff does medicine affect your teeth or um, well you're, you're right there some some medications do because uh, a lot of the medications which children take 
are uh, syrups. Yeah. So I mean, if if in a healthy child, that's not an issue because if they fall ill, maybe for a week, they might be on some sort of medication and then they recover. But when we have children who have chronic medical problems, yeah, for example, some may might be epileptic or you know other other situations where they need to take daily medications, then yes. It does have an impact. Yeah, uh, we do try to recommend sugar-free uh, medications, uh, syrups which are which have got uh, what do you call artificial sweeteners. But that doesn't, you know, unfortunately, sometimes it's not available. So they do end up on the on the actual added sugar syrups. Uh, in those kind of scenarios, then preventive. Uh, dentistry comes into play because when you visit your dentist on a regular basis uh, he or she can advise you on how to ensure that these syrups don't affect the teeth so we will actually advise certain things like maybe gargle after the syrup rinse out um, and sometimes even the use of fluoride but that would be tailor-made to the child so we will need to see the child in the dental clinic and then accordingly advise uh, what can be done to prevent but things can be done you know, so it doesn't affect the teeth in a bad way. Right. Okay. So things like, you know, is it um, fake or false to, to this advice or this warning about things like inhalers and antibiotics affecting teeth as well? Well, it's not fake uh, as such, but how antibiotics affect the teeth, it's not all antibiotics that affect the teeth. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, we talked about syrup. Yeah, The syrup f- aspect does affect to some extent, but the antibiotic itself, uh, you know, there are one or two antibiotics, there are some, which can affect uh, the teeth if taken at the time when the teeth are developing. That means the time when they're developing in the jaw, uh, that would be at a very young age. Uh, Or even if mummy had that uh, antibiotic when the child was, uh, you know, uh, in in the tummy. So that can have an impact. Yeah. Most most doctors are aware not to give pregnant mothers and young children uh, these antibiotics. Um, In terms of... um, I mean, it does occur. We do sometimes see it, but it's very rare to have antibiotics affecting the teeth. Uh, now, what was the other? I like an inhaler for asthma inhalers. and stuff, you know, those things. Yeah, inhalers, it's mostly because of the steroid uh, content in the inhaler. As you know, steroid suppresses the immune system. And uh, we have our, we do have immunity within our oral cavity as well. And the reason why we ask patients to rinse after the inhalers is to actually remove any residual uh, steroids uh, in the oral cavity so it doesn't impact the immunity level uh, within the oral cavity okay so you know when the second set of teeth come in like if you've had a bit of a, a bad run with the first yeah or whatever <laughs> it is you know is it like having a clean slate from earlier issues or is it Mm, That's a good question. In in some instances, it is, uh, but it's not always the case because it depends on how severe a problem the child has had at a very young age. Like take, for instance, uh, a, a young child, say three, four years of age, who's just had some minor cavities which were restored, which were successfully restored. Um, then, yes, you do get a clean slate. 
with the new teeth because these restored teeth fall off and you know, fresh new ones come up. Now, in, in some scenarios, uh, we have a situation where the baby teeth were quite severely destroyed by dental caries and we were not able to save the tooth. Uh, the child had an abscess or a, a severe infection where we couldn't get rid of the infection and keep the tooth and we ended up removing it. Now, if we had uh, removed the tooth too early, then we end up with the issue of um, uh, the space of that tooth being lost uh, because it's come away too early. So what happens when a child grows is that uh, the baby teeth actually maintains the space for the adult replacement Right, teeth. right, I see. Oh, it's like if a place we, marker. Yes. Yeah, place, place marker, marker yeah. exactly. Yeah. So if, if we end up, uh, you know, uh, not being able to save the uh, the carrier's tooth and then we've got no choice but we remove it, um, then that space gets uh, shrunk uh, to some extent uh, in most instances. It happens more commonly in the back of the mouth than it does in the front aspect. Uh, but nonetheless, it can be quite impactful because it would mean a whole tooth probably can't come out or comes out to the sides, um, uh, which means the child may need some brace work later on to 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 adjust that right. uh, back into alignment, yeah. So it's not, it's uh, it's not something that many of us think about, but uh, it is quite important to keep the primary teeth in good condition, not only as a space maintainer, but also for function, for chewing. If a child loses one tooth, it's not so bad, but once they lose more than that, then the, the function is somewhat limited as well. Unless, of course, it's normal, natural, you know, like losing a tooth, front teeth, just like that Christmas song. And like, I think every kid's gone through. I mean, yeah. that's yes. normal kind of losing that's multiple teeth. That's normal because right? when you lose one or two teeth here and there, you still have the others, you know, to function with. Yeah. So that's that's pretty normal. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, any other situations when, you know, um, you know, your your baby teeth are, are really important? Say again. Besides, any besides any placement. Any other oh, reasons your baby teeth? teeth are important besides the placements oh, all right uh, as um yes the pl the placement is one thing the other thing is function meaning to chew yeah so as i was uh, mentioning earlier if if they miss if we extract one single molar baby molar uh, function is not affected too too much but if so many of their teeth are carious and we end up extracting you know uh four five six molars then the child is somewhat uh um kind of uh, having lesser teeth to chew on uh, amazingly many children do adopt by you know just managing with their gums uh, there are situations where we can't avoid it we do end up extracting multiple teeth mm -hmm. uh, but to some extent function is affected speech is the other thing yeah but although uh, uh, speech is we do need our teeth as well when when we are when we are talking about speech so we want to keep our teeth in good condition for mm. that that's for another reason we want to keep our teeth in good condition is we want to be able uh to be pronouncing our words well as you know oh so it's not just about tongue our teeth is are very important as part of how we speak yeah yes never think speech about development that. as well sorry i mean one never thinks about that you know um that your teeth are yeah. important for speaking <laughs> oh yes, they are. They are. Well, we do yeah, need, you, you think about it. Like, if you want to say the word "t" or "the" or whatever it is, it's all about teeth, right? Yeah, I need yep. something to push my tongue up yeah, against. Yeah, right. 
Wow. It's not just something just to smile with, man. There's more to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course you want your teeth to smile with as well. So. That's true. <laughs> okay, Jojo, what's the biggest problem Malaysian children face when it comes to your teeth? Now, you've mentioned the word caries quite often. Can you mm-hmm. explain more about that and also perhaps what the biggest problem our kids face? I think one, I mean, statistics-wise, Malaysia has a very high rate of dental decay. Uh, You'll be surprised to hear the figure. We have a 70-plus, I think it's about 72% (gasps) of our children who are under five who suffer from some form of dental decay. So that's very high. It's 70 Two, if I'm not mistaken, our most recent survey. Um, so it is extremely high. You imagine 70 something percent of our children, that's three quarters of our children uh, who are under five, having some issues with their teeth. And majority of it is uh, because of either a high sugar intake or the other issue that we do have is our children, our very young children, um, feeding through the night with their milk bottles. That means they go to bed with a bottle of milk and they knock off to sleep with that bottle, which means that they end up having uh, residual milk Right. in the mouth through the night. Uh, don't misunderstand that you know milk is good. They should be drinking milk, but it should be in the daytime when they are awake and able to you know rinse out or or something like that right after their milk. When when the child sleeps with a bottle or even has multiple feeds in the night uh, with the bottle, what happens is there is a lot of uh, residual milk left in the mouth and uh, milk as you know has lactose lactose Which is, is a sugar. form of sugar mm. it's a form of sugar and the bacteria in our oral cavity which is there in all our mouths you have it i have it so everybody has it but the bacteria is kind of having a party in the night because yay i've got lactose <laughs> so right. so the bacteria is kind of uh, busy digesting it producing acids which are then causing the teeth Right. to you know demineralize in a way it's eroding the teeth mm. so this happens throughout the night so when we have uh you know the the one two year olds still feeding through the night with multiple bottles uh it becomes a problem as well so what our advice usually is uh we do have to work with the pediatricians closely here because sometimes we have children who have certain medical conditions where they are not thriving and they do need regular feeds yes so for those children, we give the support um, in terms of prevention to try and mitigate the risk of caries. But for the healthy child, the best thing is for them to be able to sleep through the night. Because if you think about the general development of a child, a lot of growth and development happens when they are asleep. Mm. So getting up to feed is also a disturbance on their sleep. So um, after the first birthday, ideally, they should be kind of working towards getting 
getting the child to sleep through the night. Uh, and parents should encourage the child to sleep through the night. Um, added bonus, mummy doesn't have to wake up to mix a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, my, my kiddo didn't. And so but what we always did was have a, a, a sip of water after having a drink of milk, you know, yes. when he couldn't settle because mm. he couldn't thrive very much. He yeah. needed that top-ups okay. and stuff. But yes. it was like, finish your middle? Okay, have one last sip of water at least, sort of that. Yeah, because yes. what you don't want, it's like, Yes, you help the child mm. thrive by drinking milk, but then you're causing other problems, problems with this. Problems elsewhere, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. So for those uh, children with special requirements, we mm. do usually give advice exactly like what you said, Ashra, yeah. is to give them a bottle of water afterwards. And mm. then, you know, when you come to the clinic, we'll usually top it up with some fluoride and things to right. help mitigate the, uh, okay. the effects on the teeth. Yeah. So... You know, you, you've mentioned sugar and then you've talked about the sort of milk, but mainly it's because of the sort of the lactose and the acids and stuff. Can you tell us exactly why sugar is so bad for the teeth? Like, what does sugar actually do to the teeth? Okay, um, this goes back to what the sh- what what the bacteria uh, does uh, in our oral cavity, because we all have uh, different types of bugs in our bacteria in our mouth i mean it doesn't sound nice when i say it but yeah, um <laughs> it, yeah. by the way is ocd it, with germs so you're just making him feel yeah. really Hi. ill right yeah. now he's gonna go off now for a mouthwash yeah. I yeah yeah <laughs> well they are the bugs bacteria are not always uh, bad so to speak yeah we have good bacteria and Buddy we bugs. have yeah, we have bacteria which help us with our immunity and there are bacteria which don't. Um, the thing that the sugar does, and there are many types of sugar, all these called lactose, glucose, fructose, galactose, when we read labels, uh, these are all forms of sugar, caramel and things. So what the uh, what these sugars do in our, in our oral cavity is that the bacteria starts to ingest or digest in a way process these sugars because it's uh, a source of energy for the bugs for the bacteria yeah and the, one of the byproducts of this uh, digestion so to speak of the sugars by the bacteria is acids yeah acids are produced in the oral cavity that overall causes the ph or the acidity in the oral cavity to drop yeah we become i mean the ph level to drop which means the oral cavity becomes an acidic and very acidic yeah mm. And we know what acid does. Acid is erosive. Yeah. It erodes. It eats yeah? away at things. It's away. And although our enamel is actually the um, the, the strongest tooth structure we have, uh, I mean, it's the strongest um, structure in in the in the human body, uh, it is very easily eroded by the acids produced by the bacteria. And so what we have is little uh, areas of what we call as demineralization. That means the minerals within the enamel start to leach out because of the acid environment. Now, (laughs) you're getting worried. Yeah, yeah, I am. (laughs) And uh, so what happens is with the leaching of these uh, minerals out, it softens the enamel. And eventually the soft enamel just breaks down and becomes a cavity. So we end up with a cavity and now we have a beautiful cave for the bacteria okay. to go and sit in. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. right. So this is a beautiful cave for the bacteria. Now they have got, yeah, I've got a home because once it's a cavity, then it's kind of protected even more 
from the brushing and and you know food gets oh I see yeah 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 in there yeah you get foods getting stuck in that cavity which then even uh, provides it a, a protective environment so to speak for the bugs to continue their activity. So this is why when the cavity is small or medium size, we do want to fill it up again. Uh, but when we catch a child with the demineralized face where we just see the enamel softening, uh, then we don't actually do fillings. We can do preventive measures. We try to try to reverse the effect of that uh, with, with preventive measures if we get to catch the demineralized teeth early on. Wow. Yeah? So, so preventive measures can be done at any stage of life or only at oh, the beginning? Yes. Uh, no, no, it's not, not specific to children. That can be done at any stage of life. Uh, you know, sometimes we have teenagers or even adults where there's been a change of lifestyle, a young adult going off to work, uh, you know, in a place where they're suddenly on their own mm. and they end up in a change of diet. They start taking a lot of Coke, for example, or any, any, any sort of aerated or carbonated drinks. Mm -hmm. And then you start having uh, a high sugar diet all of a sudden in an adult. They could also end up with these early cavities as well and these preventive measures work just as well right. so they work just as well in anybody what are they okay <laughs> uh, what they are is mostly would be the dentist telling you to brush your teeth of course with a yeah. fluoride fluoridated toothpaste yeah using a fluoridated toothpaste uh with children we usually say uh when they're under three just a smear of the toothpaste and then when they're a bit older six and above we do say a small pea-sized amount uh, of the toothpaste uh for children a fluoride toothpaste that's one the second thing that can be done is in the dental office, your dentist can apply fluoride, uh, which is uh, help, which helps to to de uh, to to remineralize the areas of the teeth that have been softened. It kind of tries to cover uh, cover the the areas with fluoride to help strengthen those areas again. Yeah, so that can be done in the dental clinic. Uh, in addition, the dentist would probably go through what your diet is like and where the risk for these cavities have come about from. Mm. So we try to identify what are the lifestyle factors which uh, have caused these issues and then give you the appropriate advice. Like you know, I've mentioned to you, sometimes we have teenagers suddenly have discovered you know, carbonated drinks and they just go on on yeah. that. What do you have with dinner? Or, or, or oh, tired, exhausted mothers who yeah. sneak marshmallow bags uh, yeah. at bedtime <laughs> yeah. because they're so exhausted. What for lunch, cheesecake? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So these um, things can be done, yep. <clears throat> okay, that's good to hear. Um, all right, just a couple more very uh, quick questions. Um, what would you say um, quick fire uh, is the best way for us parents to ensure that we enforce good dental hygiene on our kids? Okay, the best thing, of course, is to get uh, 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 oral hygiene habits into a routine. That means from a very young age, get it established. You know, we brush the teeth morning and night before bed at least twice a day yeah if you can do three it's a bonus but the very minimum is once in the morning and once again at night before going to bed uh, keep that as a routine every day so the child understands this just happens you know before bed i brush my teeth um, and the, the brushing has to be uh, for a very young child supervised by the parents meaning parents assist to make sure it's done properly but at the same time encourage the child to do it themselves because we want them to learn how to do it independently so that's the most important thing uh, in terms of oral hygiene mm -hmm. uh, and then the other thing is the use of a fluoride 
uh, toothpaste. Uh, as recommended uh, under the age of three, we just use a smear of the toothpaste for the child. And for an older child, we can actually use a peanut size, older meaning six years and above, uh, a, pea, a size of a pea, that amount of toothpaste. And six and above, we will usually recommend that they have uh, adult formulation of the toothpaste um, your dentist may advise differently based on their you know i mentioned the caries risk assessment so your dentist may advise differently based on the individual needs but in general uh, that's what we do for oral hygiene the the key to it is just brushing at least twice a day get some toothpaste to brush into the mouth and right know, get those brushes do. into your mouth that's that yeah but the thing is doc like Every time, like, I remember back when I was, when you're a kid, right, and you go see a dentist or whatever it is, and I'm not sure whether it's a doctor or a dentist, right, but we've been talking about the dangers of uh, added sugars and brushing your teeth, you need to brush your teeth and whatnot. Then after that, I remember very clearly that uh, it's, every time I go see a dentist or doctor, I'm not sure, at the end of the, the visit, they give you a lollipop. Yes. Really? Yeah. Yes. I have that. <laughs> what is too? the point of all this sugar, You've sugar, been bad for you? You're such a good girl with your teeth brushing. Have a lollipop. Yeah, right. So, is it to make sure that we keep going back or what? <laughs> Good for business, huh? <laughs> no, exactly, <Yes>. right? <laughs> so, well, well, no, I, 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 I don't, I don't know of any dentists who give lollipops. Right. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't, but uh, we normally give stickers, by the way. But right. uh, with with uh, sugar, I think maybe. And now I recall when I was a kid, when I went to see a pediatrician, I remember getting a sweet as well. Right. Yeah, now, I... now you've brought. Now that you've brought it up, uh, when I was a kid, yeah, that was I know many donkeys years ago. <laughs> uh, same with us. <laughs> yeah, I think same we're in the yeah, same yeah. donkey cart yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I I hope it doesn't happen anymore. Um, awareness, I hope, is there because um, sweet. Is not only an issue with teeth, as you know, it's also mm. an issue with you know childhood obesity yeah. Yeah. and and so many other health issues. So um, I really hope it's not happening. Yeah. Um, no, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it doesn't. I'm sure now the dentists go. You've been such a good boy. Here, have a salad stick. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure maybe with dentists it doesn't happen anymore. Probably but not, I know yeah. for I know for a fact it happens in de- doctors. Doctors' office, right? Yeah. Already. So, uh, Doctor D, if you're getting rid of your great chewy sweets, <laughs> I'll take them off your hands. <laughs> well, let's hope. Let's hope there will be a shift in that as well. Um, what I normally do is I give stickers, or you know, sometimes you know, you've got this like, tiny fancy erasers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And lots of other things we can give kids uh, apart from apart from the sweets. It'd be hilarious yeah. if kids walk out with like. The dentist gave me a Brussels sprout. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not not bro- Brussels sprout and broccoli. Maybe a sticker of a Brussels sprout. <laughs> I think I might do that. <laughs> but they're very happy, even with a sticker or, or a balloon. You know, it it makes yeah. them very happy. It doesn't have to be not balloon stock. We have to save our planet. Oh, all yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Stickers yeah. are fine. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but bro, let's let's try to let's do this every year a different vegetable for dentists. This year Brussels sprouts. Next year let's try celery, and after that broccoli. <laughs> there is this the mother who's made uh, edible crayons out of vegetables for kids. So maybe edible crayons. Maybe edible crayons. as a gimmick. Mm. Who knows? But anyway, no, this was great. Thank you so much. Very very insightful. Very clear explanation. Of, like I never knew about the fluorides and then uh, mm. like adult formulations for toothpaste uh, and everything. Very interesting.
Yes, thank you very much for having me and inviting me over. <laughs>